Blog Talk Radio. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? My name is Quincy. And this is my show, the Talk to Q Radio Show. It's almost like posting a blog, except I'm doing it live. Journey on over to talktheq.com. 
And if you can't listen to the entire show live, then you can find T2Q on iTunes to pick up where you left off. Maintenance complete. T2Q radio show number 444 starts now. All right. First of all, let me get um, a word from my sponsor, the official sponsor, Buku Now. Looking to build your business? Ready to connect with customers looking for your service? You need Buku Now. At Buku Now, we have the customers. Customers who are using our popular mobile app to find you. They're looking for on-demand services, and they need them now. They're asking for all kinds of services. Services like handyman, heating and cooling, pet sitting, pet grooming, taxi, limo rides, towing, lawn mowing, and landscaping. The list goes on and on, and so can your earnings. Register your service with Buku Now. It's easy and affordable. Go to BukuNow.com. With Buku Now, you can advertise your services for less, be on demand, or have a local listing. It's low-cost mobile advertising at its best. If you're a painter, a roofer, a maid, a handyman, or plumber, if you remove snow, clean carpets, or walk the dog, go to BukuNow.com now. That's B-U-K-U-Now.com. Register your service today. Our mobile app customers are searching for your service right now. BukuNow.com. All right. So I appreciate Buku now for being a sponsor of the official sponsor of tonight's Talk to Q radio show. All right. First of all, let me throw out there I'm having technical difficulties tonight, so I'm actually flying flying blind right now. And Crystal is running everything for me, and I'm just kind of just laid back chilling. So, um, Crystal, let me get you on. How are you today? Crystal? I'm fine. How are you? I'm sorry. I was on mute. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. And um, how are you today? I'm doing pretty good, considering I just had okay. surgery, but I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> How's the ankle doing now? Well, uh, now it has a chin in it. So it's healing now, finally. Okay. That's good. annoying. That's good. Yes. All right. Well, let me go to the phone. I believe I have, let's see, Sean Buck from the 850 area code, the Emerald Coastline of Pensacola, Florida. Buck, what's going on? What's up? How's everybody doing this evening? Chris, glad to have you on. You know you got a pain in your ankle, but at least you're on the <laughs> other side of that surgery. Yeah, that's right. Thank you. That's right. Glad that you're backing along with us, and hopefully you'll get a speedy recovery. Thank All you. Right. And on from the five oh one, I have Amy calling from the natural state of Arkansas. Amy, what's going on? Hey, but- Hey, Quincy. Hey, Crystal. Hey, Buck. How's everybody doing tonight? Hey, hey Amy. Doing well. All right. And from the 732, I'm not sure if it's Amanda or Ray because I can't see, but uh, whoever it is, how's it going this evening? Hey, what's up, Q? How you doing? Show what's legend. up, Ray? How y'all doing tonight? What's up, Ray? 
and I also believe I have from the 601 in Jackson, Mississippi, I believe Miss Boom Boom has dialed back into the show. Miss Boom Boom, how are you? Boom Boom, pow, pow. Good to hear from you now. All right, glad to have you on. Okay, I'll go ahead and get started. 347-202-0215 is the number on the Talk to Q Radio show brought to you by Boo Now, um, you know, trust is something that's very hard to keep for some people. Um, well, let me rephrase that. Let me rephrase that. Trust is something that's very hard for some people to do. Uh, you have some folks who have been burned quite a few times in their life, and um, because of that, they just can't seem to just give people the benefit of the doubt, all right? But a lot of us have people who we are close enough to that we can trust them or they've shown um, they have a track record of being there for us. But I personally feel like those people are few and far between, and some people take them for granted. Some people um, may not understand what it takes to, I guess, call someone a true friend or someone trusting. And that's something we're going to discuss this evening. We're going to discuss loyalty, trust, maybe who you should expect it from, maybe who you shouldn't expect it from. And I'll go ahead and we'll kick things off with you, Buck. And, Buck, who do you expect to receive loyalty from in your life? Well, you know, naturally, you know, when you start off with people who brought you in the world, so, you know, your parents, um, siblings, you know, if you have any siblings, um, then, you know, your, you know, friends that you grew, you know, you grow up with, you know, the ones, you know, that you grew up with from kindergarten or what have you, you know, if you, some of us, you know, like you and me, you know, we've been friends for a very long time. So, um, and then, you know, as you get older, you know, significant others or, you know, spouses and things of that nature than your kids, you know. So I would, you know, those would be the people that you should be able to put trust in first. Okay. All right. And I get that, man. And uh, let me welcome someone else who just dialed in in the 601, and I believe it was my man Eminem. Eminem, what's happening? What up, Q? What up, Radio World? Not too much, man. Glad to have you on. All right. Let me uh, switch gears here and go from Bluetooth. All right. Y'all got me? Can y'all still hear me? Yeah. Yeah, man. All right. Okay. And, uh, Amy, I'll ask you, who do you expect to receive loyalty from in your life? I'm sorry, you were cutting out. Who do I expect? Yes, who do you expect to receive loyalty from in your life? Well, I mean, I expect to get loyalty from the people who love me, who are supposed to love me the most, but that's not um, who I have always gotten the most uh, respect, uh, you know, loyalty and, and respect from. Um, I guess, really, your your one your longest. The person that's been your friend the longest, and there's a reason why they've been your friend for the longest, because that's who you've always been able to trust. 
Okay. Um, my family first, if, if no one else. From my closest friends, you know, longest friends, um, and maybe a few other people on the way, and we'll get into that. But, Ms. Boom, did society change our stance on loyalty, or did parents stop teaching it? Well, society did change it, I'm sure some. And, well, our parents, my parents taught it, you know, when family was supposed to get the same message, but in my life, I'm not going to lie to you, you know, it seemed like I got some lost in the, well, lost in the translation along the way. And um, people I love and trust, you know, I know they expect that I'm supposed to be loyal to them, but it goes both ways. You know, you're supposed to be able to love and trust the one who brought you and God gave you. You know, there's too many children born in this world. They, you know, they're trusting in whoever. And the main ones they need to trust sometimes these days, they can't. And unfortunately, yeah. you know, it ain't up to the child. The child had put itself here, you know, and uh, it starts right there from the womb. And when that, that child comes out, it is dependent on you. It's trusting you because it doesn't have any other choice. And once you teach it what trust is by caring for it and showing it what trust really is, then, you know, that's what they expect they're supposed to get because they don't know any better. Uh-huh. And, and right now in the media, you and trust being thrown all kinds of ways. Look at, I hate to say it, people trusted the father figure in the economy. And I'm tired of hearing all those stuff. Uh, Bill Cosby, God Almighty. All I can do is pray for him and the women because I ain't going to lie. Fifteen accusations is bad. No proof, because nobody has any proof, but it does cast a shadow of doubt and trust on his character and him as a person all these years, you know. So I'm praying for the whole situation all resolved. I want the truth to come on out. So he quit talking about it, and every time he turn around, now it's up to 15 women, and all of them don't know one another. So trust it. It's 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 easy, honestly, to achieve, but it's it's hard to maintain. And you can go out the window. All you gotta do is make one mistake. Uh, look at Brian Williams. <laughs> he just lost his job. Uh, he's a newscast man right now. Yeah, he, well, he got suspended. Huh. Almost five, he's a six months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, as a news anchor, trust is very important with your job. People don't trust you, they don't watch you. Mm-hmm. And what he said, I can identify myself. If, if that, if them RPGs, and I, I'll go over and I fired that kind of weapon. An RPG was a rock propel uh, grenade. Uh-huh. And if those grenades would have come anywhere close to where he was, they wouldn't have been alive. He, well, anyway. He got caught in it. And after 12 years, I didn't know that myself. I read the article today. I feel bad, you know. I, I, I feel bad for the whole thing because I trusted in him. He's a good news anchor. He is great. But, you know, people's trust of him is gone and just about, you know, and, and his, his bosses don't want to hire him back. That's sad. That's sad. All right. Well, Crystal, let me go to you and ask the same question. Did society change our stance on loyalty, or did parents stop teaching it? No, I don't think that um, 
Well, you, when you look at society, you do look at um, trust issues and as far as loyalty because, you, you know, we are TV and um, Internet world now, so it's, it's different. Our trust has changed because you can't trust people on the Internet because they're maybe pretending to be something that they're not or, and, of course, we can't trust TV and things like that. But I think as far as parents are concerned, they still, um, you still have trust in um, people who are close to you, your family, and your friends. So, Okay. Well, um, I, I think that um, it's not a focus these days. I mean, we're, we're so into um, ourselves these days and kind of caught up in our own feelings. And it's not to say it's not taught. I just don't think it's really anything that's stressed um, very much in society today. And it's kind of reflected on just how we are as, as, as you know, our people. I mean, like, for example, and this is just a simple example, uh, sports teams. And, um, you know, I've had the same sports team since I was a kid, and Ray and Buck and Eminem, you know, I've all had the same sports team since they were kids. And for the most part, as far as some of my younger relatives and everything, it's like they kind of change every other year. Whoever's winning is their team. You know, there's no loyalty in sticking with a team. And that's just, a you know, a small example. But, um, Ray, let me ask you this, and, and we'll just start from here. What to, to you, Ray, what is your definition of a friend? Well, a friend is somebody that you can count on, somebody that, uh, Treats itself and treats you in the same regard as they treat themselves, and you can always uh, trust a friend, which is very hard to do. A lot of people put stock in friends on Facebook and quick to call anybody a friend, which that's not a definition of a friend. Like when I look at you and uh, Buck, I know you guys known each other a long time. You got a true friendship. If you know, if you needed something, he if he had to sell his car, he would get it for you. And you know, I can I can tell that. And you the same for for him. And I mean, it's it's hard to to find that because it's always going to be people that's close to you that you know you can have a good time that you can talk with. But at the same time, when it comes down to to having your back, some people to turn the other way. So a friend is somebody who, you know, has always got your back. I see that to sum it up to make it simple. And um, a friend is somebody that you can depend on. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. I think that's an excellent um, definition. I, I'm not, I'm not going to even ask anyone else to give a definition. I think that was excellent. I think one of the main things you brought up, main two things you brought up is that some people confuse Facebook friends and people you may laugh and joke with as their real friends. And um, Eminem, maybe you can speak on that, man, because there are a lot of people who think just because they may have a good time with someone that that person is their friend. But like Ray said, when the chips are down, a real friend is going to come through for you. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and he broke it down exactly right, man. But uh, 
Uh, I, I want to ask that question, but man, I'm dying to speak on the the, the question you had like a uh, couple people back on on what went wrong, like as far as teaching it or something to that mm-hmm. connotation. Uh, this is what I want to say, and then you know, y'all can just let it soak in. I can tell you exactly what went, went, went wrong in America with the two. Well, we used to be the two two biggest populations anyway. Uh, insurance messed up white people, and then no preparation or no wheels messed up black people. Families start, you know, splitting up over money, fighting over shit, fighting before the people died, all this kind of stuff. So when you're the product of that kind of stuff, naturally, if you watch your your mom and her sister not get along or your your dad and his brother not get along. So when you grow up, it's already, like, ingrained in the kids. Like, you know, when you meet somebody else saying, like, you know, this or that. Uh, uh, I can give you an example. When when uh, when uh, people at my job and other people would hear me talking about, you know, taking days off because, you know, Ray was coming to town or something like that. They looking like, shit, man, I don't even fuck with my own, you know, this or that. So, I mean, it's just like, which is which is almost the norm, but I think the root of it was, and I'm not labeling just strictly white people with insurance, not not that nobody else don't have, and I'm not labeling no wheels strictly with black people, but that tend to be something that it's a stereotype, but, you know, I guess it's got some kind of relevance at a certain point. But uh, I just noticed that a lot of uh, money issues came about at the end of people's lives, you know, uh, uh, with wheels and stuff or lack thereof. Uh, uh, you and I used to have a co-worker, you know, who always talked, you know, real bad about, uh, you know, different people in the family and shit like that, and a lot of it was over money. So uh, insurance money and that type of shit. So um, uh, I, I think that's what it is with that. And uh, real quick, because I know you got to get to somebody else, but, like, as far as the Facebook stuff, man, when you see somebody calling somebody on Facebook their best friend or something like that. I have to look at that person like, okay, you might have some kind of common narrative with the person, but you have been an isolated person if you have to make a friend on Facebook. You know, I'm not saying nothing can't grow into a friendship, but to make a friend on Facebook, man, that's sad. That means you were an anti-social homeschool type kid or something. Someone, something won the norm, you know. <laughs> you know, if you're 30 years old, talking about, you know, you made some friend on Facebook, and it's just like, where you hanging out tonight? Oh, just me, myself, and I, and all this shit. And I'm just sitting up here like, damn, man. What I'm hanging life? out with my 450 Facebook friends. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like, damn, what happened? Yeah. Okay, okay. Well, um, I, I think that, like I said, a real friend is, like Ray said, one that's going to come through for you in the clutch. When you call them up and say, yo, I accidentally just killed my boss, they'll say, meet me behind the back. I'll bring a shovel. <laughs> so, all right, maybe not to that extent, but they'll at least say, hey, I'm going to help you find a good lawyer. They'll at least do that, you know. So, but... um. But based on Ray's definition that he gave, which I thought was a very good one, how many friends would you say that you have? Friends that I could depend on and count, I would say probably about seven or eight because, I mean, 
I have lifelong friends, and, you know, we all stick together. You know, it's like the friendship is almost like family almost because, you know, when you do the right things and you're always, you know, there when, when they need you and you're there when they, you know, you need them or what have you, it works out well. So, I mean, I would say eight. Okay, that's great. That's great. And, Amy, what about you? Based on Ray's definition, how many friends would you say that you had? Okay. Okay. And anybody with uh, less than two or more than eight? Uh, I got more than eight. Okay. Now you're not including family, are you? No, I'm not including family. Okay. Okay. But how many would you say you had, Eminem? Ooh, a minimum of twelve. And this is just based now, on I'm, the not, I'm not talking about people that work for you now. I ain't talking about these women that work for you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't know. With, with me, I kind of got like an unfair advantage, man, because growing up originally in a rural area, it's like you pretty much feel more like a village environment. So, you know, somebody who's a, a friend is almost like a sibling because – you, you never separate. It's not like being in a more populated area or urban area okay. where, you know, after so many grades, somebody will move and all that kind of stuff. It's just like, you know, when you're born, you know, your parents is friends with their parents and all that. So it's almost like a it's, – it's a friend, but it's almost like the equivalent of a family member. That's That's something that's kind of different with people from very small rural areas, you know what I'm saying? So – um, and based on the definition of trust, you know, it, it, you know, it's like now you you got different levels to it. You know, you got people. Of course, you don't hang out with certain people as much, but you know, I would safe to say that you know I don't see nobody, you know, shooting me in the back and taking my money and all that kind of shit. You know, uh-huh. so, you know that's what that's how I label it like that. Cause, okay. Yeah. Okay. But like I said, right. that's the advantage you would get not really growing up. But a certain area, you know. Okay, so I just want to make sure you weren't talking about employees. So nah, with employees, to... man, shit, we might go into whew, 99 at least. Miss Boom Boom, let's 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 shift gears a little bit since I mentioned employees, and let's talk about coworkers. Do you expect your coworker to look out for you on the job? Or should it be everyone for themselves? Yeah, you have to get to know them still. I mean, from the start, not everybody's going to look out for you. Uh, And then once you get to know them, I mean, uh, I've learned the hard way in some instances that everybody aren't what they appear to be, you know. And when push comes to shove, you just get in a little situational issue. I guarantee you'll find out. All you have to do is give somebody, to me, some authority or some power. You'll find out just what kind of person they really are. Because uh, my thing is separating friendship from business. And you had a coat, you know, you had your job. And, and, you know, what if they want you to do something that is not necessarily unethical, but to get both of you possibly fired. You know what I'm saying? You know, uh-huh. to keep this. You see what I'm saying? You, you want to help them, but you don't want to lose your job. And, and that's why, I, 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 you know, I don't want to ever ask somebody to do something like that. I, 
and and don't ask me to do that. You know, I, that recently happened to me. I don't want nobody conveying or asking me to do something that one is going to leave me on the short end of the ship uh-huh. because it's, it's affecting my paycheck and the roof over my head. And I wouldn't do that to you, you know, because I know I appreciate the roof over my head. So I'm not going to do that to you if I'm your friend. You know, you know, you my friend. Don't ask me to do that. That 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 goes along with trust too. You know, that's that's deep. You know? Right. You know, like that's what your situation is. To me, don't do that to somebody. You know, uh, I do all I can to help you if I see you trying to help yourself. But you trying to get away with something and sticking it to me in the process, you're looking in the wrong direction. You, are, I'm gonna pray for you, pray for Jesus. We gonna have to try to work this thing out. If not, we just gonna have to part, just like the Red Sea. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> and Crystal, what do you think? Do you think coworkers should look out for one another, or should it be everyone for themselves? You know, there are times where, um, you know, like say for example, and I'm just throwing an example out. You know, if you're at work and you're on the internet and your boss walks by, you know, should your coworker let you know, hey, man, the boss is coming by or something like that so you won't get caught surfing like you're not working or something like that? Or is it one of those deals where you don't expect that or or something? Yeah, I mean, okay, it depends on who it is. But, yeah, if they're my, you know, coworker I work with and we're cool and everything, I would expect them to um, – to do that, but then I always position my desk so my computer is always facing <laughs> me and not anybody <laughs> from the outside anyway, so I got that covered. But um but yeah, but you know what, I I had to learn the hard way as someone else said earlier, um about quote unquote friendships at home at uh, at work and stuff because you know, you think just because, you know, you're cool or you eat lunch together doesn't mean that you're friends or this is somebody that you can necessarily trust um, because this could be somebody who, when, you know, they'll, of course, save themselves before they'll save you. And um, and even when it's not even about saving themselves, they may just, you know, backstab you. I mean, who knows? Or, you, you know, everything you're telling them, you're thinking you're telling them on a personal level. And, you know, they... They are telling you. They're telling the boss, or they're telling someone else who can get you in trouble uh, about how you feel or whatever. So, so you have to be careful about that. And I had to learn that the hard way to keep a distance, a nice little distance from coworkers. Yeah. Okay. And, and Ray, the workplace is kind of funny, man. It can be misleading a little bit because a lot of times we think we make friends in the workplace, but we really don't. Um, like, I mean, I've made a few friends in the workplace. It's like Eminem. You know, if, if something were to happen to me, I think that Eminem is cool enough with me to where he would go in the woods, train on his martial arts skills, and avenge my death. All right? You know, we cool like that. <laughs> however, um, <laughs> however, I've also been in situations, Ray, where I will talk to someone five days a week, for pretty much the entire duration of, you know, the job. And then if one of us leaves or quits the job, it's like you don't have any contact with them. They don't call you, you don't call them. 
So, I, I mean, don't you think it's like a false reality at work that sometimes people are just your coworkers and they were really never your friends? Well, some people have a personality of just, just being fake altogether, you know. <laughs> like when people leave a job and something and they say, well, okay, you call them, they don't call you back, or they change their number, or, you know, they just get out of touch, period. And, you know, there's nothing you can do about that because that's just the way some people want it. But at the same time, they may be burning the bridge. Because yeah. if I reach out to you and try to call you up and you don't respond to my call twice, I'm not calling no more. And then you reach back and, oh, you know, I, I, if somebody call you, tell them this and, Tell them um, I used to work for you and this guy. I ain't telling people shit because you should have <laughs> spoke to me when we was we was talking, you know. But that's the way it go. Then they want something new, and it's like you know, hey man, what's up? How you doing? Is it nah? You didn't respond. Either you were in the hospital, you were dead, or you were in jail. Obviously, you're not dead because you're on the phone now. So, you know, if, if you don't respond, then it, it, it is. You can't have loyalty going on one side. And at work, it's, it's hard to have loyalty because you can pull somebody to the side and you can say, hey, man, listen, you know, stop doing this. They know you on their Internet, whether it be on your phone or one of their Still doing something stupid. So, you know, certain certain people you can't help because they'll sit down and say, yeah, well, you know, such and such knew I was doing it, and, you know, he just told me, do it like this or do it like that. Now it turns into a person rolling over on you to it almost, got to get into a physical altercation. And you can't go that way because of the zero tolerance policy on that kind of stuff. Yeah. So my thing is, mind your business. But if somebody asks me something, I'm going to tell them just like it happened. Because if you weren't doing the right, wrong thing, it wouldn't be for nothing for me to tell. I'm not going <laughs> to be like, oh, what, what time such and such coming here? Oh, I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. I was looking at the clock. Yeah, he come in here about 30 minutes ago, so he's about 45 <laughs> minutes away. But it's pretty busy. And anything I say once, I can say it twice. Not like, well, you back in the office whispering and talking and all that. No, no, no. Listen, you put me in a bad spot, I'm going to put you in a worse one. So, okay. I don't blame you on that. And um, now I think when it comes to a true friend, as far as how I feel, and Amy, let me go back to you for a second. You let me know if you feel the same way. This is just a little side question I have. I have some friends, people that I consider friends. Um, I may not hear from them for three weeks, but when they call me, I don't say, man, where you been? Or, man, I ain't heard from you in three weeks. I'm usually like, yo, what's going on? How's the family? It's like I don't really get into the where you've been because I feel like a true friend is going to be there when you need them anyway. So, I mean, how do you feel? Do you agree with that mindset or do you think a friend should keep in touch with you every so often? 
Well, you know, one of the two uh, people that I, I said that I um, were my my definition of true friends. I have friends, and then I have two really true friends, and one of and and uh, both of them, you know, live out of state. They lived, you know, here for years and years, and they've moved out of state. Kevin, you never know when he's going to come back to town. He's liable to show up on my doorstep tonight. I need a place to stay. You know, I mean, you don't even know. No, I don't, I don't, I might say, where the hell have you been, <laughs> you know, but not in, not in the sense like, you know, like I'm getting on to him, you know, it's just that's what I've grown accustomed to from him since he, you know, moved out of Arkansas. It's like, he shows him on the doorstep and I'm like, where the hell you been, <laughs> you know, <laughs> get yeah. your ass in here. Can I sleep on your couch tonight? <laughs> And then we stay up all night catching up, you know. Right. As as long as he's been okay, as long as he's not been, you know, in prison or in the hospital or in a coma or anything like that, you know, I'm I'm good with it. Okay. I think that um, I'm the same way. If once someone has established themselves as my friend, then I, I give them the benefit of a doubt on a lot of things and. Um, just like my college roommate. Okay, my college roommate and I were really tight. Uh, the last time I saw him was when I got married back in 2002. I didn't. I really didn't hear from him. I got an email or two, but I didn't hear his voice for almost 12, 13 years. And he called me out of the blue last year. You know, he stays up in Memphis. I took a weekend trip, went up to Memphis, and we hung out. You know, after what? 12 years and didn't miss a beat talk about all good the, all the old times and all that stuff and I, I just think that when someone's established as your friends you don't really dwell on um, periods of time that may lapse I mean of course you know it's situational now if you needed them for something and they didn't come through then that's one thing but if you didn't need that person um, I don't think it's that big of a deal as some people make it out to be but Three four seven two zero two zero two one five is the number on the Talk to Q Radio show. Brought to you by Buku Now. And Buck, let's talk about our significant others, man. And how can we expect our significant others to be loyal when people aren't even loyal to their sports teams? Oh. Man, I tell you what, I mean, you just you know, you gotta be upfront, you know, about things. You know, and you know, communication. You know, that's you know, that's very important as well. So, you know, as long as, you know, they communicate, you keep, you know, keep your line of communication open and, you know, do, you know, do things, do the little things that's important. It's not necessarily the big things are important. They're important, but the little things are more important, you know. Uh, and just, you know, coming in, you know, being able to, you know, being able when your significant other comes in, it should be, it should things should work in unison. Like if I'm outside washing the car and my my girl pulls up, then you know it's not a question of you know should I wash her car? I'm gonna just do it automatic. Um, and, you know check the oil in the car or something like that, or 
you know, hey, the dryer needs to be fixed or something like that. And, you, you know, it, things just work in unison. You know, one cook, one cook dinner, the other one wash dishes, you know, those type of things, you know. And when you do it like that, I mean, the loyalty is going to be there. So. Quincy? Yes, I'm sorry. I was getting some feedback. I was trying to fix it. And, um, Crystal, why are some of the most disloyal people you will meet? And I think, um, someone alluded to it earlier. Maybe it was Eminem. He talked about, uh, people fighting over funerals and who's going to get what. Why are some of the most disloyal people you will ever meet members of your family? How is that even possible? Well, that's because they have a um, kind of a, okay, a false sense of security that they that you love them, basically. I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, because it's like, you know, a default. You are supposed to love them because, sense you know, Somebody had sex with somebody before you were even born. So, you know, you're supposed to love them and no matter what. And so it's like it's built in. And so because of that, they can treat you any way they want because you're not going anywhere, supposedly, you know. Uh-huh. So I think that's why there's like this um, leniency or kind of you just take advantage, you know, of people who are your who are very close to you, like your family, as opposed to, as they say, strangers on the street. You know, like blood is thicker than water. It's like, well, really, is it? I mean, I chose these people. I didn't choose you. So, <laughs> so they, they kind of showed up by default, huh? <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Eminem, what you got to say about that, man? Well, uh unfortunately man uh it is it's 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 a sad truth to what crystal's saying in today's terms uh but for the most part i like the way she said by default and you could just you know kind of go back to insurance you know or um uh if a soldier you know god forbid lost you know the chain of command you know it should be your parents or your kids or your spouse or whatever, but a lot of times it don't be that. That's why uh, one thing that uh, I would like to see changed in the corporate world uh, is on the, like, the bereavement policies or whatever is that I think, and this is a talk to you exclusive, so if somebody in the business world cloned this shit, y'all know where you heard of that. But I think that uh, like when you're doing your paperwork, after you get through doing your W-2, you know, uh, it should be something on there saying where uh, if somebody was not necessarily raised by a parent or both parents or neither parent, that, you know, it might be a, a aunt that was more like a mother to this particular person or mm-hmm. it might be a, 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 a friend. Uh, you know, this was like uh, kind of like uh, maybe DMX, early life, you know, you kind of like in a orphanage or something like that, a boy's home or something like that. It might be this kid there that's, you know, biologically you're not kin to him, but you have a brother-brother relationship. 
you know, I think in today's world it's changing. That dynamic, that dynamic is so diverse with people in different backgrounds to the point where now that by default type of thing is to the point where you almost have to have an individual label. And I think that uh, that needs to be something that, that uh, business, the business world might can start addressing because, you know, when people say, you know, somebody taking off a, this person or that person's funeral, but but I tell everybody, I say, well, you don't know what the deal is. This, you know, whereas this person's uncle might be somebody they just know of that is their uncle, you know, uh, uh, shit. I got an uncle's, Ray uncles too. We got like nine uncles by our mothers on our mother's side, but, you know, my youngest uncle is just like my big brother. I mean, that's, I mean, that's how I grew up. So, you know, and a lot of people got different relationships you know some would you know kind of like amy with her friend that, that might pop up i do that type of shit just pop up on people nobody don't know why i am and i just pop up but you know to her that is a brother you see what i'm saying it's the same mm-hmm. type of feeling so i think that type of shit need to be expanded you know into the minds of uh people beyond just the default especially in today's time we ain't on a little house on the pair no more you know now shit is like it's so fucked up now, man. Shit, you lucky if you got, like, two or three loyal family members. Now, I, I have a close-knit family, but, I mean, you know, but as I became a grown man, you know, you know, even with my own personal uh, family, I mean, I realized how different a lot of shit is. You know what I'm saying? So Yeah. <laughs> okay. I of get course, that. I had a lot of people call me daddy, though. So, well, <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't biological either, Jack. No incest. (laughs) 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 All right. But, uh, Ms. Boom Boom, Ms. Boom Boom, let's talk about, um, blind loyalty. There are some people who are just loyal without even really knowing a person, and most of those people are fans of celebrities. You have some fans who support celebrities. Uh, through and through, from where from lining up to buy some Michael Jordan shoes because I, you know, I remember watching an interview where this guy said that he supports Jordan and everything he does, right? <laughs> and you have people who will defend celebrities to the end, like they they had a controversy at the Grammys on Sundays, and people were defending their favorite singers. So why do you think some people are so supportive of people they don't even know, but they barely support the people they do know? Well. Mm-hmm. We got so much out there in social media now. Uh, honestly, it probably was attracted to your eye, you know. It's just like back in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve, you know. That God told them specifically, don't touch it, don't eat it. But what do we do? As soon as we see something that looks pleasing, or it look like we're going to be a part of everything that everybody else want to be a part of, it, or that's popular. You know, we want to be a part of that. And my thing is getting to know, you know, who that person really is. Like now, when I read a book or I, and I see something that somebody's got some talent, some anointing, I'm looking to see what inspired and What is that person about? What what was their real, not to say ulterior motive, but what was their objective uh, and inspiration? Why did they do this, you know? And um, I hate, it's not like you're trying to search and see if a person is um, 
underhanded or sneaky or dirty or anything. You need to know what that kind of person is about. If you're going to mimic what, be like Mike, so to speak, you know, the Gatorade commercial, then you need to know what is Mike like. <laughs> you know, following anybody and anything, it's real easy. Charles Barkley, you say when he played in the NBA, I am not your kid's role model. You, I'm going to say it, but I said, you'll lie whether you want to be that kid's role model or not. Because when you get to be famous, that kid wants to be just like you. And other people want to be just like anybody that's in the limelight. There's something that's popular, that's rich, that's getting all the so-called worldly goods and things. So is it the materialistic thing that makes them more loyal to people they don't know than the people they do know who may not be, you know, mm-hmm. well off? Most most times. Most times I say it is. And, and that's, that's not just that fantasy world that kids live in, but I hate to say it, but we get obsessed and caught up in this stuff too, you know. You, you really need okay. to take the time to, to, to check your sources, you know, everything. Like, I'm trusting you. I, I said, honestly, I owe you an apology. I gave you some misinformation, but we'll talk about that later, okay? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. And, Ray, what do you think, man? Why do you think some people are supportive of people they may not know or they have this blind loyalty? And it, it may be someone they do know. Like, you have some people who fall head over heels in love with someone and they'll trust someone they've known for two weeks, let them drive the car and you know, give them the keys to their house and stuff like that. What makes people so maybe too loyal? Uh, some of it is being naive, and some of it I think is just being stupid. You know, and I think that's the problem with, with, with Amen. a lot of, you know, I keep, I keep it real, so I think a lot of problems that females have. You know, female thing is now, you know, I'm ride or die, I'm ride or die, but okay, you ride or die to who? You know, what kind of loyalty are you giving out if they not get showing you no loyalty? You know, you don't even know what this guy do for a living. You don't even know where he stay at, you know, but you willing to give him your car, you willing to give him your money, willing to give him your debit card, and on and on and so forth. That kind of stuff I just really can't figure out. You know, because if somebody really cares about you, there's certain things they wouldn't take from you because they're taking from you that means right. you're going to be without. So that ought to give you a, a, a signal right there. But, yeah, I, I see it all the time. And then they get on and ask questions, you know, why are men such liars and why are people this and that? Yeah, because you ain't got six enough. You act like you've been in the bubble. You ain't been out here living. You out here living, you know a liar when you see one, you know. And it does not come down to, you know, what a person says. It's more about the actions. You know, it, it, it always is a head scratcher. I watch TV all the time. You know, I see people get on and say, oh, I trusted a person with this, I trusted them with that. And, you know, damn, man, you don't barely trust your mama with all that. So, you know, it's it just. I don't know what it is, but it's just just stupidity. That's all I can chalk it up to. Okay. And I can't disagree with that at all. And, Crystal, um, you know with friends and the discussion of friends and loyalty and trust, uh, the opposite of that would be a hater. 
But let me ask you, are haters more times than not a figment of our, our imagination? I, I mean, I hear a lot of people say they have haters, and I really can't figure out what they're talking about. I don't think the other person even really cares about them or even knows they exist half the time. Um, well, you know, a hater, if you think you have haters or, or whatever, I think a lot of it is insecurities uh, within yourself. It says more about the person saying, I have haters, than the so-called people who are hating on them or whatever. So I think it's, it's mainly them wanting to be, to feel like they're more important or just have basic uh, negativity that's going on is within themselves. And so the real hater is, is the person staring back at them in the mirror. Okay. All right, Buck? Yeah, I agree with what um, Crystal said. I mean, she pretty much summed up in a nutshell. Made it easy for me. <laughs> okay. And um, I think a lot of times when people are quick to say that they have haters, I just think that's some of that me against the world mentality that people seem to embrace these days. Um, You know, people who are proud of having a small circle and all this other stuff. And um, most of the time I feel like it's a figment of their imagination. I don't really think the other person cares about them half the time. Um and if the other person probably does have some type of interest or is a hater, then nine times out of ten, you know, they're pretty much like one and the same person. Um, they're very similar, and that's why they don't like each other, because they're both haters. But uh, that's just how I view it. But last one, and we'll get into another topic. And, Amy, what is your definition of being there for someone? Being there for someone is it's kind of what I view as a true friend, you know, whether no matter what time of the day or not, um, you know, you're there for someone, whether it's come pick me up, come bail me out of jail, um, can I stay on your couch tonight, um, or just listening to someone whether it's to listen to them about something that's really important or something that's completely petty. Like, oh, my gosh, I just had the worst hair day today. You just wouldn't believe, you know. And whether it, whether it's important or whether it's petty or whether it's monetary or whether it's just listening to the person, um, you know, I think that's what being there, being there for someone is. Okay. In that shell. Okay, I can get that. And um, let's see, Ray, what do you think about when, when someone says being there for someone? Um, what does that mean to you? Well, when you being there for somebody, you just uh. Watching it, just basically having it back, you know, in in any situation, you know, and it's hard to have somebody back in any situation because sometimes people can be the main contributor in 
what is holding them back in the first place. You know, you can't say, oh, well, you know, a matter, you know, out of work or something, and you, you know, sleeping on the job or, you know, you stealing off the job and doing something, you ain't got no business. Then you want me to help you do this and that, and you contribute to your own situation. Now, you can't have a person back like that. But, you know, if a person doing everything they're supposed to do and they just need help or something or, you know, or, you know, they're moving and you can help them move or you can help them uh, paint or decorate the house or whatever you can do, you can have them back whenever they need you. Okay. And I think that, um, yeah, it's definitely all about just having someone's back when when um, when it's needed. And to me, being there for someone is not all that difficult. Um, I mean, as long as you don't have someone that's going to take advantage of you, because a true friend is not going to take advantage of you and roll up on you and say, hey, I need, you know, $3,000 to save my house, and you know they have a gambling problem or a drug problem or something like that, you know. A real friend is only going to come to you when they truly need something and they don't have anywhere else to go. Um, And I think that's something that needs to be recognized. If someone is coming to you just for just little frivolous reasons, then, you know, that person probably isn't your friend. That person is just someone who knows you got it and they're taking advantage of it. So you have to know the difference. You have to pay attention um, because, unfortunately, there are some snakes out there. But the best way to find out if someone is down for you, down with you or not, is just pay attention over time. You know, don't call someone your best friend after two weeks. You know, you, you have to go through some things. You have to share some things. You have to be vulnerable to one another. You know, they got to see a vulnerable side of you. You have to be see a vulnerable side of them. All right. Um, and it's not about, you know, best friends doesn't mean that you, you're compatible in every way. You know, you can be different and have different likes and interests, interests and things of that nature. But what makes you a friend is when it comes down to it, if you all can see eye to eye when that time comes where someone needs something or or, or, or something like that. So um, I would just stress to people, pay attention. All right. And then another thing, too, and this mainly goes to, I know the T2Q group is mainly people 20 and up, but this just goes to some of the younger people. Stop saying you have, like, three best friends, or this is my BFF, and this is also my BFF. Look, best means that best, all right? You can only have one best. All right, so stop with the stupid stuff, all right? I just want to throw that in there. Three four seven two zero two zero two one five is the number on the Talk to Q Radio Show. Brought to you by Buku. Now, going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with more of the show.
friends And if you ask me, you know I couldn't be much help Because a friend's somebody you judge for yourself Some are okay and they treat you real cool And some mistake your kindness for being the fool We like to be with some because they're funny Others come around when they need some money Some you grew up with around the way And you're still real close to this very day Homeboys through the summer, winter, spring and fall And then there's some we wish we never knew at all And this list goes on again and again But these are the people that we call friends What's up y'all, this is your girl Latasha Lee from at Latasha Lee on everything social media. You are listening to the Talk To Chew radio show. No experts, just opinions. Stay tuned. All right, get back at it. You're listening to the Talk To Chew radio show. No experts, just opinions. Brought to you by the official sponsor. Now, uh, there's a young lady by the name of Jessica Bartholomew, and she was a surrogate mother for Sherry Shepard and her ex-husband, Lamar Sally. And um, it's a crazy situation. This is what, what happened. Lamar Jr. was born to this surrogate mother on August the 5th. Um, he was conceived using Sally's sperm and another woman's egg. Now, I don't know Sherry's situation as far as why it wasn't her egg, if it's medical or whatever, but um, it was the husband's sperm and another woman's egg. All right, now this is a 23-year-old waitress who said that everything was going well. She said she used to hear from Sherry Shepard all the time up until May, five months before the baby was born. She said in I'm sorry, three months before the baby was born. She said in May, um, she started hearing rumors that Sherry Shepard and the husband were splitting up. And she said Sherry used to call and check on her during the pregnancy, but over time, she stopped calling. All right. And long story short, Sherry Shepard basically just decided to throw the deuces at the surrogate and the baby. All right. Because her and her husband got divorced. Now, Here's the dilemma. The husband got custody of the child, Lamar Jr. Guess who the state is going after for child support? The surrogate mother. Even though the surrogate mother doesn't have any DNA connection with the child because it was someone else's sperm and someone else's egg, she is being gone after for child support. Eminem, do you think that is right, and do you think that Sherry Shepard should own up to her responsibilities and be responsible for the child support since this was supposed to be her baby. Yeah, man, that's 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 too jacked up because if somebody uh give up their rights, that's what it that's what it is. Uh and uh I thought that's what it should be legally. Well that's what it's presumed to be, you know. So uh you know, to, to 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 turn around and 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 you know, just because these people stars or whatever, now they pay somebody off, you know, not to do what they would do to the little man. That's crap. You know, that's that's bull. <laughs> Cause I guarantee you, if that was like a a janitor or somebody that worked at, you know, uh, a restaurant, a retail store, 
you know, customer service or something like that, and it was a case where they they didn't, you know, on paper, they had no rights from the get go. Even though biologically that was their child, nobody they're not gonna get they're not coming after them for nothing. They're coming after whoever the uh, person is. No different than adopting somebody. They're coming after you. Yeah. Okay. And Crystal, I'll go to you. How do you feel about this situation? Um, Sherry Shepard just basically bailed. Uh, first of all, Crystal, do you think they have a right, the state has a right to get child support from the surrogate, or do you think they should get it from Sherry Shepard, or do you think they should not get it at all? Um, I think they should get it from Sherry, because she entered into a contract uh, with this woman uh, to be a surrogate, and the surrogate does not have uh, rights to the child. That's the, that's the whole purpose of being a surrogate. You are having a baby for a, someone else, a couple or whatever. So uh, they should definitely have Sherry pay child support for this child because she is um, an absent parent. I mean, if this was her child that she bore and she said, you know what, I'm not going to, I don't want the kid, you take him, whatever. Um, because we're getting separated, I don't want to be a single parent. They will go go after her for child support. So, it's, this, to me, this is the same exact thing. I mean, just because she didn't have the baby, she can't just walk away. I, I mean, I'm amazed. She must have some really good lawyers, but I'm amazed that she's able to just walk away from this. I think it's ridiculous. I'm kind of surprised that she's able to kind of just you know, chuck the deuces and not have to worry about it either. And Miss um, Boom Boom, I mean, she signed surrogacy papers. And um, isn't this a form of fraud? Don't you think that the surrogate, Miss Bartholomew, should probably consider a lawsuit or something? I mean, because she carried this baby full term to a woman who decided she didn't want the baby after her husband, her and her husband left. And now she's kind of out in the cold. Ms. Bumbo? I'm right. I'm right here. So I was trying okay. to get through the mute. I had it on mute, so I was trying to make sure I got through the mute. Yeah, uh, I, I've always liked Sherry Shepard. I, I admire the fact she got a chance to lose that weight, but right now I feel like she lost more weight than we realize. She lost her mind. So, <laughs> uh, you know, the, 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 the one weight she should have kept on her was her mind. She wrong for that. Either, either those drugs she took to, or, or whatever treatment she took, uh, took not only her heart away, but her mind too. There's no way in the world she wanted to be a baby brought in the world in a mess like this. She created this chaos, and I'm pretty sure she can consult God with this mess. That is not fair. That woman gave and sacrificed her body up to bring life into this world so that they could have something that would be a blessing. And now they're making it a burden. And quite frankly, yeah, they owe that woman because it is not her fault. They broke their relationship off. You know, and then they're going to break things over her. Yeah, she should counter-sue them for the stress, strain, and the whole kid and caboodle. They owe her everything. That's not fair. That young lady is 23 years old. That don't make no sense for a woman, Sherry Shepard's age, to do that foolish mess. You know, it's wrong. they wrong for that. I don't care. I don't even know what the young lady looked like. But I, I'm looking at the story while you were talking. I was reading up on uh-huh. it. Yeah, you're absolutely right, man. I can't be sure she to get on on talk shows talking about what everybody else should be doing, and then look at you know what I'm saying. 
And I'm not passing judgment. I ain't no way in the world I want somebody to do that to me. If I'm trying to bless them with my young body, she can't conceive. What does she want to ask for a child for anyway? You see? So I, I agree with that gentleman. That's a raw deal. That's messed up. Okay. I definitely want to hear what Ray has to say about this. Ray, um, the only reason the child support issue came up, it wasn't by fault of, well, it's not like the father just went after child support, but he applied for uh, something in California called Medi-Cal, and it's a California program that gives low-cost health insurance to families with limited incomes. So obviously this guy doesn't have a lot of money. I'm guessing either maybe Cher made him sign a prenup or, you know, I, or he was just stupid. But So he doesn't have a lot of money, and that's how they ended up going after the surrogate. Uh, what do you think should happen in this case, Ray? You're the show enforcer. Well, I think, you know, all parties should really be responsible. I mean, if you are a surrogate, I know they say, well, you're not supposed to be responsible because, you know, you're a surrogate. But at the same time, if if there is a contract, then the contract should be binding. If it's not the contract, then, you know, you can't bring a life into this world and not take care of it. So. You know, I believe that that, that Sherry Shepherd should be responsible, and we ought to take a look at maybe this is why my man ain't with old girl, because of stuff, stuff like this. So, you know, to, to me, when somebody tries to do something for you, and I would say she makes at least probably $200,000 a month or better, at least that much, and for you not to even say, okay, well, this lady trying to do something for for me and my husband or whatever the case is, and you know, I could come up with that fifteen hundred or twelve hundred or whatever the case is. It, it's just flat out dirty, particularly when you got your nose in everybody else's business on a daily basis. Let, so, let, let me let me ask you a follow up question though, Ray. All right, with Stuff being as sensitive as it is these days to where, uh, you know, athletes are famous for spanking their kids, uh, singers are famous for domestic abuse and things of that nature. Uh, why is this not one of those incidents where people are calling for her to lose her job? Why is she still on the air? Well, see, it's simple. She's a female. And these females always want to say, well, you go hard on the women and this and that. But you have to think about right is right. If you got sons and stuff like that, you want to be for what's right, not just on the women's side, not just on the men's side. But the laws now are so twisted that a woman will beat you to death and everybody stand there and look at it and won't do nothing. But... God do the same thing. They call for a job. They try to shut this down, shut that down. She is basically a dead, deep mother. But nobody's going to look at it like that. People will sit on the show with her, and they'll criticize everybody else and talk about the president and talk about Chris Brown and everybody else. But what's worse than a dead, deep mother? You know what I mean? And she can get away with it without no problem, without no no, off. uh, pressure on her and none of that. So like Salah beat the shit out of Jay Z. She free as a bird. Ain't nobody saying nothing. Ain't nobody pursue no charges. 
the DA and all that. It's just the way it go now. That's why I feel sorry for these young men that's coming up now. Because you sneeze on a woman, you going to jail. <laughs> got, got some dude out there in Detroit had to pay for a kid that wasn't even up here. The DNA. He's about to go to jail for it. Yeah, all this kind of stuff. Oh, yes, indeed. And it's getting worse. And people going to keep talking, keep talking. Well, women's rights and women this, women that. Oh, she's qualified. Oh, she belongs. How do you know? You have not done an evaluation to see if the woman is even qualified for the job. You're just talking because she's female. And that's just the way it goes. If Sherry Shepard was a guy, man, he would have been off of there already. Shit. He might be up here chilling with us. <laughs> I, I, can, I can't disagree with you on that, Ray. I, I honestly think this would be different if this were a guy. I, I really do. But um, I'm going to try to keep up with the story, and um, I don't know. I might have to lead the charge on Twitter against Sherry Shepard. I appreciate what she did doing this woman like that, leaving the woman out to dry and throwing the hey. child away. Hey, so, Q. Yeah. I, I I got an idea for you, man, and you'll be the first to do it. Get some uh, somebody to make a, a TV commercial or a YouTube commercial with this no more shit, you know, no more deadbeat moms or whatever. Yeah, see, I, I have people. folks um, staring at the camera. Right, right, right. All, all these, because one thing about it, you know, they always putting the camera on athletes, talking about they ain't had no dad and all that kind of stuff. But uh, there's a lot of people out here don't have no moms either. They need to start putting that shit on the spotlight. All right, I think it's a sad situation though, um, and not just because this lady's having to pay money for a kid that's not biologically hers. But just because this is someone who walked away from a child simply because she didn't want a thing to do with the husband. And I think that's as sad as it gets right there. But all right, let me move on to the last topic and wrap things up because I know I'm kind of running over. But um, at the Grammys on Sunday, Beyonce performed a gospel song, Precious Lord, Take My Hand. Now, the song was recently brought back into prominence by a singer named Lettucey. Did, did I pronounce that right? Yeah. Let us see. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let us played the role of Mahalia Jackson in the movie movie Selma. Uh, Mahalia Jackson originally recorded the song. Now, Let us see did an amazing job on the song, and everyone pretty much has said that. Yet, when it was performed on the Grammys, it was done by Beyonce. So people started asking why. Now, the song was the opening act for John Legend and Common who were going to perform another song from the Selma soundtrack called Glory. So when people went to John Legend and asked, yo, how come, uh, why is it that Beyonce's performing and not Legacy? John Legend was quoted as saying, you do not say no to Beyonce. Okay. Now, I don't know if Legacy had actually planned to perform the song or not, um, and Beyonce snubbed her, or I don't know if Beyonce just beat her to the idea and decided to perform it. But I do want to know what you all think. So, Crystal, I'm going to start with you on this, and we'll get crystallized here. Did Beyonce strong-arm Lettucey um, out of the song, in the performance, rather? Well, I'm not sure what happened behind the scenes, but I do know that Lettucey was supposed to sing the song, and then she was bumped. Um, Okay. And then they made a decision, whatever went down in the, you know, behind the scenes boardroom or whatever, 
but Beyonce was told she would be singing the song. Um, and I personally, um, I have to go with John Legend. I mean, I, you don't say no to Beyonce. And I feel that they had, um, you know, she, she wanted to sing it, which I have absolutely no idea why she would want to see, sing it. But Oh, um, uh, I can tell you why. Well, the thing about it is, first of all, Lettucey did a an amazing job in the movie. Um, she, of course, she has a wonderful voice. She has a true voice. And um, Beyonce does not have a, a, an amazing voice. She can sing. She can hold a tune. But she's no Lettucey, okay? <laughs> she is no Patti LaBelle. She's, she's nothing like that. She's no Jennifer Hudson, okay? So, but anyway... Um, I at first I had said that maybe they wanted to kind of stay away from too much Selma, if you know what I mean, and um, mm-hmm. and you know keep it. <laughs> That's pretty good. Keep it kind of light and uh-huh. have um, Beyonce, who was you know, yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, I think it also. I have to agree with John Legend. She, um, you don't say no to her and her little power trip. Okay. And and, and Jay-Z as well, power trip. All right. And Amy, what do you think about the situation? Um, were were John Legend and Common at fault for not saying no to Beyonce and allowing Lettucey to perform the song that she's made famous to modern day society? Well, you know. You don't say no to Beyonce. Well, it's high time somebody start. Because, you know, like Crystal said, you know, she's a good singer and everything, but she's no Patti LaBelle. She's no Lettucey. So why, you know, and and then she she comes out with this little uh, uh, little documentary about how her family um, struggled with racism and she had family that marched with Dr. Martin Luther King and all that. Uh, yeah. and, you know, she she should have been apologizing for what her husband's little bitch boy did on her behalf. But no, probably most likely, if I could stand behind the closed doors of their little mansion, uh, they're probably fist bumping and laughing about the whole thing and and exactly what you know, all Kanye had to say about Beck. Anyway, that's another subject. But, you know, she it it made me so sick. I was sitting here watching E! Online one night when, and Julian Ranzik was talking, was, they were showing the clips of when uh, Jay-Z and Beyonce met um, William and... Uh, uh, my mind's gone blank. I know you're talking um, about Kate, Kate or something. Kate and William. Yeah. yeah. Brit- British royalty, okay? Yeah. Um, yeah. And calling it American royalty meets British royalty. And I'm just like, yeah. are you kidding me? Right. If that's American royalty, I'm moving. Do what? Is that their fault or our fault? 
Well, it's it. Well, it ain't my fault because I don't buy her albums. Fault. I don't go to her concerts or her husband's for that matter, um, or his little bitch boys. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you know, um, it, but it is American society's fault, and it's the fault of the media who just keep power playing them up into into super into the superstars that they've become. You know, um, you know they want. want I, I remember when, you know, Jay-Z first got started. Um, I'll never forget that clip of Valetta Wallace and uh, Fanny Shakur and him coming up there accepting that um, award for best rap video and him and all this crip glory, you know. And, and <laughs> you know, people change. People change whatever, but... I don't know. To me, I, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't think he's any different or any better. I think he is just has a nice, expensive suit on, and um, well, let you me know, jump just in here. Kanye tries to put on a expensive dress for Kim. She still looks like white trash. I don't want to make this about Jay-Z or Kanye, but what Kanye did, I thought he was doing it as a joke. I had no idea the guy was, was actually upset that Beck won. Um, so I was kind of surprised by that. And, I, you know, I, I'm like, look, dude, why don't you complain about uh, what's going on in in the uh, in the rap category and kind of leave R&B and, and pop rock alone or whatever? I mean, how about, you know, what's going on in the rap category and the fact that Macklemore has more Grammys than Kendrick Lamar and Kanye and Chuck D and everyone else combined. I mean, you know, focus right. on that. Well, uh, not more than Kanye. Kanye actually got 21 now. I didn't mean to mention Kanye. I had Kanye on the brain. But um, so – I just think that now Beyonce released a video that has gone viral, of course, talking about that her parents used to march with Dr. King um, and that the Precious Lord Take My Hand song was sung to her as a child by her mom, and that's why she felt compelled to do the show. I think she's just doing damage control to try to explain why she performed. I just think she wanted the spotlight of the song. I mean... And I would have been, of course, she's not going to say that, but, I mean, I just think she wanted the spotlight of the song, and that's why Lettucey got bumped. As far as the performance itself, I don't know if you all have have seen it. Um, when I, and, and this is before I even went out on Twitter to see what everyone else was saying, I was saying to myself that the song didn't move me. It wasn't very so, soulful. It was kind of, it just felt like it was commercialized. It was just a song. You know, when she sung it, it didn't have any type of meaning or feeling to it, in my opinion, uh, which is normally not the reaction you have to a gospel song. And when I went out on Twitter, there were a lot of people that were saying the same thing, that the song, ironically, was soulless. Uh, so I think she would have been better served to let Lettucey sing it. But, uh, you know, you don't say no to Beyonce. I'm surprised I'm still on the air after talking about it for the last five minutes. So, I mean, she does have a lot of reach. And maybe John Legend a comment or, you know, considering their careers. Um, yep. 
But, yeah. you know, it's one of those things where, you know, we'll see what happens. But I'll let you all address that in your final thoughts if you have some words on it. I need to go ahead and start wrapping things up. Uh, tomorrow's show is a Valentine's Day special entitled For the Lover in You. And we'll discuss some of the ups and downs of being in love, the sacrifices we make, the support we give, the gifts that we buy, all tomorrow at 10 p.m. Eastern on the Talk to Q radio show. No experts, just opinions. Brought to you by Buku Now, the official sponsor. All right, let's give our final thoughts. And I'm going to start with Amy. Tonight was a, a really great show. Interesting to hear, you know, how everybody views, you know, trust and loyalty. Um, I'm thankful for Kevin and Heather, my um, my two, uh, <laughs> and I sound like a high school girl, my two besties. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, um, you know, because they're the people that I can go to with anything you know, no matter what's on my mind, whether I'm laughing or crying or whether we're, um, no matter what day it is, what time of the day it is, or how long it's been since we last talked. Um, and, you know, and that's my my definition of a, of a true friend. Um, I have kind of, the last few years have changed me a lot. I've stopped trusting people. I don't, um, I've been burned pretty bad over the last mm-hmm. few years, and so I, um, it doesn't, it hasn't necessarily changed me as a person as, you know, you know, I would be there to listen to any of y'all anytime you ever want to pick up the phone and call me. I'll listen to you and give you my best advice, just like I've known you for 30 years, just like I've, you know, known them. Um, But, so, but having, you know, having, it's, 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 it's just changed me because I don't, I'm, 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 I'm still a friendly person, but I do kind of alienate myself from getting too close to people. Right, you don't want to make yourself vulnerable. I don't stop offering my hand in friendship and offering my hand for what could potentially become a true friendship, just like I have with Kevin and Heather. Those are just the two people I've been able to, you know, to have that long-lasting relationship with. And Sherry Shepard ought to have her ass reamed. And yes, Q, let's all, all the Talk to Q group, let's all get together and ream that bitch's ass. Because she, that, what she has done is sending a very bad message to women out there who can't have babies and people who want to give themselves to be a surrogate for people who can't um, have a child. You know, what kind of message are you sending in that aspect and, you know, letting her go from a binding contract from a legal standpoint. So have a great night, everybody. Enjoyed it. Thank you very much, Amy. And um, I actually have another case to bring up to you all. Um, I don't know if I'll get to it tomorrow or not. That involves um, donors and going back on contracts and things of that nature. You all are going to find it pretty interesting, too. 
But okay, thank you for that. And let's see, Buck, I'll go to you. Great show tonight. It's always awesome to hear, you know, everybody's views on, you know, on everything because, I mean, at the end of the day, I think the people that are listening, um, they can take something from, you know, listening to it, you know, from different aspects and, you know, applying it to their daily life or daily routine and what have you. But as far as the Grammys go, this year just seemed, the Grammys just sucked. I mean, just the pairing of some of those, of some of the people they put together this year, and some of the music it just, just what I mean, just didn't go right. But uh, there was at least three, three performances that were pairs that were pretty decent, and most of the uh, solo artists did pretty well. But as a whole, to me, it just wasn't good. So I'm just leaving it at that because I really don't want to get it, you know, get into a long dissertation of how bad the Grammys was. But <laughs> lowest rating Grammys in quite some time. Yeah, yeah, it really fucking sucks. But anyway, but uh, other than that, have a great night. All right, sir. Uh, thank you very much. And Miss Bumbo. Boom boom pow pow. I'm back in here now. I I be trying to not give you any interference. You know, uh, the mute me on, but I be listening. <laughs> I appreciate it. You have any yeah. final thoughts? Yeah, I'm gonna try to be quick and brief because I got a lot of things going on here. While well, I'm up here trying to write my own biography for my friend, I'm trying to tell it off a little like twelve times. But anyway, look, uh, the apology I wanted to render you so you can trust that I, I'm trying to be fair to you. Uh, I gave some uh, something about Taylor Stevenson a few weeks ago, and I said he had never been beaten. He had never been beaten by an American. That's uh, what I think. But the thing is. He won 302 fights out of 324. Never oh, fought. wow. Yeah, yeah, he did. And uh, But he never fought Ali, and that's the fight they were trying to catch Clay. Never fought him. He never would accept the challenge, and Ali definitely wanted to float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. So, you know, he won okay. the battle, and it's all good. You know. Anyway. I, I appreciate that. You're welcome. I want to give you some factual information, so I'll... Maybe there ain't no right and wrong answer, but I was wrong with Tad, so I had to correct myself. Uh, as far as uh, the topic that you discussed, even I really appreciate it. While y'all were talking, I listened to what the young lady was saying about this young woman, Lettucey, doing uh, uh, Precious Lord. I listened to that. That three minutes and 23 seconds was well done. I, I know a lot about music. I don't know everything. And uh, Beyonce knows a lot about music, but it sounds like Beyonce is kind of like the, the queen diva of the Hollywood music industry. Yeah. I mean, really. For John Legend to say that, and I'm going to tell you what, I like one of his songs way better, and I even like the song, The, the Precious Lord, better than the one they chose for album of the year. I haven't seen the Grammys yet. i got to record. I can't wait because all this talk I'm hearing and the ratings, which were the lowest, had been in decades. Uh, they reported that this morning. This guy, uh, Sam Smith, I don't know him. I haven't read up enough on him about it. But just that Good song singer. itself, it does not resonate the same caliber of song even that John Legend has written. Like, All of Me, you heard this song, All of Me? Yes. I like that song, but I like Stay With Me. It's a nice song, but it is nowhere near up there. It does not touch me like like Precious Lord just did when I listened to that rendition of Medicine. That mm-hmm. is how she would be better off being given album or the uh, you know, song to give to me. 
And that's just my opinion, you know. And uh, I uh, I want to pray for that young lady and what she's going through, uh, Miss Bartholomew, because that was a raw deal, you know. For people to look up to a sherry, like, they, you know, women need to be supporting women. And when another woman supports you by trying to sacrifice her body, give something to you that's supposed to be a blessing, you know, I hate to say it, but God will get you for that. You know, it's a raw deal. You reap what you sow eventually. But go come back to home. Uh-huh. I appreciate your topic tonight, uh, Mr. Q. I think you are doing an outstanding job. I'm going to pray for you because God knows I need it, too. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Okay. And let's see. Eminem? Oh, man. Uh, great show. Uh I like that variety in the topics or whatever. Uh, as far as uh, trust and friends and stuff like that, I think everybody's comments was on point. It's uh, no really need for me to add anything to it, except i got to say this right here, and this is something I've been saying over years. I said if I ever got famous or, or was in the limelight, you know, in the legal limelight, that uh, – <laughs> that uh, you know, I'm probably one of the uh, few people that can actually have an entourage of being bukus of people. But these are people I actually deal with. It ain't just like uh, you know, some guys be pulling for friends, and you'll see combinations that just don't fit. Like you know, Chris Brown hanging out with Suge Knight and that type of shit. I ain't got to do that. You know, everybody can. Say, yeah, I, I know him from here. We used to do this. We, Yeah, you know, so that's something that's cool. That's something that, you know, a lot of people can't brag about, but that's something I can brag about. Um, the, uh, You know, the raw deal with the surrogate mother stuff, man, it's just like, you know, there's no liability in that whatsoever. You give up your rights. You, you, you have no rights. That's the whole point, you know. So for this woman to be a famous you know, millionaires or whatever, and just basically buy her way out of the legal system, that's what keep me pissed. And I know before the month's over, we'll probably have a show talking about, you know, the injustices, and that's what I like to speak on. That's why the country can't heal, even though that ain't a necessarily a racial thing, but that's a class that's biased based on class system where you can loop the law to fit certain stuff. You know, if you have the money, it don't work for you like that. Um for the Grammys, well, this is what I got to say about that, you know. I heard what everybody said, but think about it. The Grammys, they have the lowest ratings. Now you're going to have the most superficial stuff ever. The Grammys is suffering from what a lot of indigents are suffering from. It's called technology, you know. The Grammys will never get back to the heyday of when Michael Jackson uh, was winning everything and Madonna was new on the scene blowing up and Prince and you had Phil Collins ripping it because people other than Friday night videos then then you know MTV and then you know spring off of that yo MTV raps and all that that's the only time you saw music live you know as far as your favorite so now it's just like it's streaming on your phone. It's streaming on this. It's just like no one has to rush to the TV to see their favorite entertainer. Oversaturated. So now, now the Grammys, instead of just sticking to their guns with a true musical, you know, doing stuff for the the sake of the art, now they are going sort of like, 
you know, ratings and stuff like that. It's just like, okay, yeah, this will be the best singer, but hey, guy, you know, if we can get this to happen or we can invite Kanye knowing he's going to do something, you know, it's, it's all these gimmicks and shit. You know what I'm saying? It's nothing is pure. So um, they just suffering from YouTube and, and 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 apps and everything else it, it, and until they just figure out how to get their niche in a new, if anything the Grammy should have been trying to buy out like Pandora or something like that just to stay fresh you know and um looking forward to tomorrow night show and like I say man you know uh trust if 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 1313 passed it wouldn't be no trust issues, no relationships, because it wouldn't be no relationships but a few. What do we get for $10? <laughs> Everything you want. Oh, man. But, uh, you know, you, you, were, <laughs> you reminded me of something that I once heard Michael Jackson say. Back in the 80s, um, Michael Jackson was somewhat of a he, – he didn't appear on every talk show and late-night show and things of that nature – and uh, one of the things that he said is that um, if everyone can gain access to you, then you no longer become. Uh, I think he said you lose your 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 value. Mm-hmm. Um, he said being rare is what made people, you know, really crave his music because he was just hard to hard to come by. And um, I think Prince and Madonna have done the same thing. You know, they show up once or twice a year, and you see them on something. You like, you know, just like Sunday when Prince walked out. And right, everybody, on, everybody on Twitter is like, oh, my God, it's Prince, you know. Right. So, I mean, you're going to be more hyped for Prince than you will maybe a Nicki Minaj or someone that you see that's on your TV every night. Gotcha. So I agree with you that people need to kind of understand that and how that works. But, uh, all right, Ray, I'll go with you, man. Yeah, great great show tonight. I mean, uh, appreciate the loyalty questions were, were really good. You know, I appreciate it when everybody had to say and, you know, friendships are very hard to find. And friendship, the first word that goes with friendship, I think, is loyalty. So it's hard to find people that are loyal and that will be there for you no matter what. So, you know, in this world, you only have a few friends. You have a lot of acquaintances. You may know, you know, a lot of people, but true friend where you can say I can trust them with the security code on my house or my, my credit card or something that, that you can, you know, really put trust in them. That's hard mm-hmm. to do. Now, as far as these Grammys go, you know, I don't I don't like the, the switching in and out singers and letting uh, one singer that's not as popular that, you know, is a great singer, but people don't respect their art form, and then, you know, on the same hand, you got guys like Kanye who want to talk about respecting the art, but then somebody like Lettuce, that been a good singer for a long time, she wasn't able to do what she needed to do. I don't know if she right. stepped aside or they paid her some money to step aside or what the deal was, but at the same time, I think it's wrong, wrong, wrong of any artist to stand up in, in the middle of somebody's speech and declare that they're not worthy of winning their award. That's not for you to decide. And that's just disrespectful to a, to an artist who work hard and put their heart into their music. And I think that, you know, 
and I think it, it, it's more suckerish than anything else when you pick on somebody who you know will not defend themselves. See, he knows who to get on that stage with. You won't get on stage <laughs> with somebody, you know, Iggy Azalea, somebody get up there, we get up there and disrespect her because we know, well, you know, every, a lot of people agrees with him. You know, Nick Young probably ain't going to do nothing. So you would, you would try that. You know, Skippy, if somebody was up there, you wouldn't try that. You know, and he knows that. So that makes him an even bigger coward, bigger coward. And, you know, I don't know Beck, but at the same time, what Beck should have done, he should have took that 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 award and tore it up across his head. Because <laughs> for, for one, he can't, he, he, can't, he can't sue you because it's bad for his image. And everybody knows Kanye is like crabs on your nuts, so they know what type of guy he is anyway. <laughs> Back on, on, on top of that, it is it's gonna have the public's opinion, and he's right on top of that. So they're not gonna put him in jail for five or six years for standing up for what's right, and we ain't got to worry about Kanye ever getting on the stage again because you know that can defend itself. And when you see a guy that won't defend themselves, that's why the people say in this world. Oh, you should be nonviolent. You should teach your kids this and that. The reason why you gotta teach your kids that you always gotta keep somebody off you and you gotta stand up for yourself is because of shit like this. You know, it ain't about you going out fighting every day. It's just letting people know that you will fight if you have to. You know, if if he knew he, that award was coming at the back of his head, he wouldn't have done that. <laughs> yeah, I knew. I mean, Kanye wouldn't have knew where he was at tonight. <laughs> you know. So, you know, everybody say, well, listen, you know, he shouldn't have done it, but we understand. It would open up a lot of dialogue in this country, but the first thing would have been is you respect somebody else when they're on the stage. Now, if you ask me in an interview or a magazine article, do I believe somebody should have won, then you can voice your opinion. But if Jay-Z's Felt the need that he didn't have to stand up for his wife. What makes you believe that you should step ahead of him and stand up for in in his place? You know, to me, it's just foolish. It's just a bad publicity stunt. You know, you're a good musician. You don't have to do stuff like that. You're making your money, and it's just a bad look for the Grammys altogether. I mean, you can't really fire these guys like they do in the sports, but they should have something against that whether it's a lifetime ban at the wars, period. But all in all, it was a good show, and, you know, I look forward to the next one. Oh, I appreciate that. <laughs> all right. Good stuff, get an right? Amen. Good stuff on that. And <laughs> Crystal, shut it down for me. All right, anyway, um, trust and loyalty, I have uh, maybe three friends, and that's about it. Um, Sherry Shepard, I agree with Amy, we should all kick her fucking ass. Stupid, stupid bitch. Um, 
If anything, with Kanye, I think that Kim, his wife, should be like, why the hell are you defending Beyonce every goddamn chance you get? What the fuck is that about? You know, because I would be a little pissed off about that. I'm sorry. And, um, yeah, the Grammys are... Huh? I say it's confusing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not that confusing. You know, I kind of know what's going on there. But anyway, with um, the Grammys, I have to agree with Buck. They suck. It, it totally sucked this year. I was half asleep, and it wasn't just my medication. I was half asleep through most <laughs> of it. I mean, I was like, what the hell is this? And I think they do have a good, the Super Bowl halftime show was much better than the Grammys. And it's, the Grammys is supposed to be a, a big show with, with um, big, you know, the dancer and then the, the stage and all that is supposed to be huge. And nothing happened. Everybody just came to the mic and sung. And, and half of the people we didn't even know was, you know, whatever. It was totally boring. But anyway, um, good show. And look forward to tomorrow's show. Um you contribute to Valentine's Day. This is Valentine's Week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you very much, Crystal. Um, and thank you for being a producer of the show tonight since I had technical difficulties at the beginning of the show. No problem. So, um, um, I actually just saw um, something, a news link that stated that Missy Elliott is back in the studio of Timberland. So that could be... Magic waiting to happen. Hopefully, it's been a while since Missy's been on the scene. But um, good stuff, everyone tonight. I know we ran over, but I, um, I I did want to get all three topics in tonight, and I figured that would happen. But I appreciate you all and your contributions as usual. And um, you know, it's a really good show. So my thanks to Buku now, my official sponsor. My show legends, callers, tweet chatters for participating on tonight's show. Again, tonight's show was produced by Crystal Hickerson of The Crystal Show. Check out The Crystal Show every Thursday and Saturday on Blog Talk Radio. The Talk to Q Radio Show's upcoming schedule can be found at TalkToQ.com. If you want to hear previous shows, then subscribe to me on iTunes or Stitcher Radio and get caught up. Everyone have a great night. Peace out. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? Let me thank you for having me on your show. It's so awesome to be here with you and all your listeners. My name is Quincy. And this is my show, the Talk to Q Radio Show. Carla, go ahead. I was told that I was a man-eater. I never really have a lot of pity for females when it comes to relationships. It's almost like posting a blog, except I'm doing it live. Now, let me bring Amanda on the line. I didn't realize she was holding there. Amanda, what's going on? Hey, Q. Hey, everybody. Does that make sense? I like that. I'm going to say that again one day. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that came out. Oh, all kinds of freaky. That's not what I meant. (laughs) Follow Q, guys. Thanks. Peace out.